Hello, human peoples. You're listening to the podcast network of Gamefully Unemployed. Support us and gain access to great exclusive podcasts like Fox Mulder is a Maniac, Tom and Jeff Watch Batman, Star Trek The Next Futurama, and our latest show, Spiel Boys. Head over to patreon.com slash gamefullyunemployed. We do game streaming, movie nights with our patrons every Friday night, and you can even commission your own podcast about anything you want. Literally anything, within reason, and we have to do it. You are quite frankly out of excuses not to go visit patreon.com slash gamefullyunemployed. That's patreon.com slash G-A-M-E-F-U-L-L-Y unemployed, which is spelled like it sounds. The saga continues. <laughs> of, uh, Irish, I, Irish the, music. Irish uh, indie music scene. Yeah. Hi, everybody. Hello, everyone. Hello. My name is, my name is David Bell. My name is Tom Ryman. And we just watched... Good vibrations, positive quakes. Mm-hmm. The Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch, big hit mm. of the '90s. Make my own music video. Did a whole game about it. You what? Once upon a time in the city of Belfast, there lived a boy named Terry. Do you want to come back to my mom and dad's? No. Do you want to go back to my mom and dad's? No. I want to open a record shop. We have every kind of beautiful record on our shelves. I'll put that record out. You're pissed. So what? You're making a record. Good vibrations. It was a Mark Wahlberg song. Oh and no, I know that. Make my music video. Do you make? Do you remember those? It was like a Sega no. CD. Make my video. It was like a series of. Kind of sort of games that they put out on a couple of CD-ROM consoles where you basically, it was like a low-level like Windows media like editor, basically, like a movie editor where you could just like assemble clips and uh, effects and stuff to make your own version of the music video for good vibrations or whatever disc you got. They made a few of them. Anyway, this has nothing to do with the film Good Vibrations. (laughs) Nothing to do at all. Um, No, this is a different film. This is, when is this made? Two thousand. 12 i believe 2012 uh big old thank you for for mickey for therapy 2023 mickey for therapy 2023 thank you time is running out mickey for therapy this is our last we just watched of the year i believe oh man Mm, better get in there get in there under the wire yeah but thank you so much yeah mickey has uh done they made us watch once which i quite enjoy yeah um 2013 i'm sorry 2013 was this film oh okay we were close the commitments, which was fine, um, and is this our third? I think it is. I think Good this is the third. Yeah, if we're not counting, because it's not. It wasn't Irish, but it was like the uh, a hardcore logo was like the Canadian that wasn't Mickey, hardcore that scene. Wasn't, yeah, that wasn't Mickey's doing that. Oh, okay, never mind. Yeah, but yeah, and that was Canadian, I believe. Yeah, that's right? what I, that's what I had said. Yeah, um, this is available in freebie which is irritating but you know yeah it's, it's free kind of like the only place it was available to watch it was at, at least in in the states at least for us i knew nothing about this film and no i've never heard of this movie before yeah base, i went into it not knowing anything but the title and i was like i hate the title i hate the title mm-hmm. Be- and i think it's now because of marky mark now that now that, uh you pointed that out maybe subconsciously this movie is actually about terry hooley a person I did not know existed. Me either. Uh, never heard yeah, of Terry Hooley. <laughs> never I'm sorry heard to say. of Terry Hooley. Um, that I wanted to say that because I am a big fan of the Undertones. Um, I listen to them. They're like I listen to them like every time I get in the car. Um, <laughs> and so that's why this movie just snuck up and sucker punched me because again I didn't know anything about this movie. Movie Terry Terry Hooley is a. Uh, from Belfast, and he is a real person, and he is the founder of Good Vibrations, which is a record shop, uh, and then eventually a record label, and he was responsible for the band The Undertones, which is a 70s punk band that I listened to, as well as Rudy, which was another band that I had known songs from, like I had, and The Outcast, which is another band I knew, um, but The Undertones is, they, they were kind of a one-hit wonder, um, but they were like when i mean for like the general public um with teenage kicks but mm, they yeah. were they have a very i think they only have one album i want to say I'm, i don't know um 
but they're a very good punk band, and I think a, a, a good amount of people probably remember them. 70s punk, which is, of course, like very different than you imagine it. Like this song, they do a bit about that, where that song, they're like, this isn't a punk band. Um, yeah. Yeah. So this movie they're like, is... They're like, what's, what, what's, what's, he's not singing about? He's singing about like teenage stuff. Yeah. Which is a lot, Where's again, a lot of, yeah. a lot of 70s punk was like this. But um, yeah, this is basically like a, a, just a kind of biography about this guy um, having this sort of moment of greatness. Uh, what did you think of this movie? Um, I mostly enjoyed this movie. I thought it was, uh, you know, I'm, I'm super into punk music too. Uh, I'm not as into the seventies, although, I mean, they're, they're, they do mention like some bands that I'm, you know, from yeah, like, the they Buzz mentioned Cox Buzzcocks and, as yeah. well. Um, Stiff Little Fingers. Stiff Little Fingers. Is in the is soundtrack. Band that yeah. I, that I know. Um, <clears throat> I didn't know, um, um. Undertones. Undertones or, um. Yeah. What's the Rudy. big one? Rudy. I didn't know. That's like yeah. the, kind of the main band that he's sort of like friends with in the movie. Um, the when I was reading buzz- up about them, apparently they just sort of like, you know, mainstream success just evaded them. They never really got yeah. huge outside of Northern Ireland. So uh, yeah, it's a lot of punk. You know. But uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's how many how many bands have I seen that that yeah, of course that's yeah. just this how it goes. Uh, anyway, um, I think it's a I sort of like you. This movie sort of was able to sucker punch me because it's just has such like, I have such nostalgia for getting into punk and being in the punk scene and playing shows like this. Um, so this like, I was picking up the good vibrations of that, I guess, if yeah. you will. But also this movie really excuses its main character. <laughs> oh, I want to talk about <laughs> like that. This movie worships Terry Hooley um, to the, put to the point where, they cast the major people in his life as characters that he does the most egregious harm to. It's his business partner and his wife. And they all like, they all like forgive him. And they just walk up to him at the end of the movie after he fucks them both over royally to do this show that puts them into financial ruin. Um, they come up to him at the end and they just like could totally forgive him and let him off the hook. It's like, I think it's like writing your own fantasy where everybody apologizes to you and, and says how awesome you were and how right you were. It's, I think it's such a there weird were there were element. things they could yeah. have done. There were things they could have done. That's my biggest critique of this movie, and it's a huge critique. It's a huge critique, it's yeah, because it doesn't the main feel character. It doesn't feel honest in that way. It's like it's yeah. it's, a, it's a very quirky film. Like it's it. There are two directors. Um, it's not quite mixed media, but there is a lot of there's a frenetic pace to it, and there's a lot of like surprising cutaways and non sequiturs that use real footage, like real documentary footage, or it'll cut away to something that's like breaking the format of the film. Um, so it has this playful tone. So you already know you're in a heightened reality, but like, because it keeps showing you that these are real people and these are real events, you're sort of taking the movie on its word, sort of like on good faith that it's like, okay, this is pretty, probably a pretty honest telling of at least some of these events. But the fact that it's not willing to, it's willing to bring up the challenge, but not actually challenge its, its main character. Yeah, so like there were two ways they could have went about it, and I, I, I know the one I wanted. Um, they could have either established at least his wife. Um, right, she's nothing. As a I don't even know what her character. fucking name is. Yeah, because <laughs> there's a version. It's Ruth. <laughs> yeah, there's a version where his wife, where you would understand why she would end on the way she ends, like forgiving him if they established that she believed in the stuff just as much as him, um, but they but don't, do she's that. not, yes, they she's don't not do a character. That. The other version is if you show the opposite, like extreme consequences. Um, and that's the thing is it, the movie seems weirdly aware of it, but then like, like we're saying, like it, it, it keeps like jumping between that awareness because there's ultimately like that's, it's the fact that every like there's a part where his kid gets born and they show the birth intercut with him at a Susie and the Banshees after party. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I would also go to that after party. I get it. But that's why I don't have kids. Um, and uh, they showing it to point out, look how he missed it. You know, he's off partying yeah. while his kid is getting born. But then the next scene is just his wife just happy to see him. Right, there's, and kind there's of so him. very little consequence. Like, well, the rest of his like hooligan friends come in 
and the nurse keeps chasing them out and then she tells him look i can't believe you brought these guys like you're he's like well they're like oh yeah she does she does this is is where the actual challenge happens but this is as as much as the movie will do is it will just address it like it will just point at it it won't actually make him face there's no consequences right he doesn't actually have to do anything to work through it she just forgives him at the end like this not there's no reflection there's no moment of growth here like she says he was like, well, they're like family. And then she says, they're not your family though. We are like me and this right. baby are your family and you do not care about us. Like, so she, made, she asked for separation. And then that's like the moment where she challenges him. And then there's a moment later where his business partner is like, you're just, you're ruining us. This concert was supposed to get your record shop out of debt because you put your, your house, like the house that you and your wife and child live in, up as collateral without telling her that you did this. Um, but right. he, he flushes it all down the toilet because he lets everyone in on his guest list. And so like, it's trying to portray him as this heroic figure because he's somebody who wanted to bring music to the people and he gives it all away uh, to his own self-destruction in a lot of ways. Like he gives away the undertones song basically for 500 quid for a new Vans. Yes. for a new van basically and, and it turns I like out to be that, like a he's hit. like right yeah he's like i didn't write it you know right, like, it doesn't, and right, I love it's that. like it doesn't belong to me but also he's like it's all he's like it doesn't belong to me it belongs to the people and it's like no it belongs to the guys who wrote it and you're making this decision without them like it doesn't examine that and like no. it does it also doesn't examine the part where it's like it wants to portray him as a heroic figure for for doing all this and for bringing people together and for which is it, it is it, it is I'm not saying it doesn't have value, but it's like, it's not willing to, it's presenting the idea that he is doing it at the expense of his personal life. Uh, but it, well, it doesn't actually explore that. Like it makes well, it clear it that is, that's what's happening, but it won't actually go into it. That's what it is. So the movie, I don't think it's lost on the movie. No, it doesn't I absolutely seem to don't be, think. Cause it's there. But like, it just doesn't go this, into it. Right. There's this thread throughout about kind of faith. Mm-hmm. Um, they like his childhood. Um, they show him like singing like choir songs, um, uh, and there's this idea of like he's a very happy dumb guy who is wants to put his faith in something, and he finds something to put his faith in, um, and it's blind dumb faith is sort of the idea. It's almost nihilistic faith, where he's he. But like and th- what the movie very rightfully points out and very efficiently too, like they have the scene where he, um, like you said, he's, he's getting the, he wants to get the record recorded and he puts his house down as collateral without consulting his wife. It's pretty early on. They do that and you're, you, you flag it cause it's a big moment and you're like, I know exactly what kind of guy this is. Yeah. Um, he is reckless and cheery and like, he's always kind of cheery throughout it. He's almost always um, smiling. Yeah. He's kind of apolitical. They have a good um, Well, that's I wanted line. to talk about that. He tries to be cuz you, you right. He, he opens the record store and this initial idea is to be completely completely neutral. He wants to be the centrist. He's like, I don't want to take any sides. People just come in here and enjoy music. They and do a good line. They say some people call it a revolution, some people call it the troubles, an equally useless word. And you know like immediately you're like, okay, I know what this guy is. Yeah. It's a very efficient line. Yeah. Um, so he sort of finds out that he has to sort of take a side. He has to believe in something like at the punk show, he, they they go like, fuck the police. And he's like, yeah, yeah, fuck the police. And he joins the kids. Like he finds something to believe in through punk music. Whereas before he was trying to get by without doing that. Like I, he's like, I just want to open my record store and just sell whatever, you know? So anyway, that's all. Yeah, no. So this is the, one of the positives of the movie. It does. So the introduction, the idea is, and it's a very familiar idea to anybody who's into punk, which is this is kind of about, in a way, it's about the conception of punk because they they start by establishing that like, so this is, they did call it the Troubles, by the way, which is the most fucking oh, yeah, European, no, like Ireland. Yeah, I, that's, I um, thought that was well known. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't know that. I was oh, like, Fuck, sorry. Really? They called it the Troubles. Oh yeah. Are you yeah, kidding yeah. me? Yeah. Um, and so this is like right around like you know the revolution going on there, which ha- you know lasted a bit of time. Seventies um, to the nineties, I think. Yeah. Late sixties so, to the nineties. Late sixties, because he talks about how all the peace and love bands from the sixties kind of abandoned the um, Belfast. He talks about how they all were like they were all there, and then they weren't. Yeah, it's interesting um, about. 
and oh, I'm sorry. Well, it, it's about this idea of he starts in this nihilist place where he's like, fuck all of this. And he just wants to bring music to the people. And then he and then he has this struggle where he's like, well, what is the music for the people? Right. Um, and someone co- and basically a kid comes in and says, do you have the buzzcocks orgasm addict? And he's like, fucking what? And he's like, you're in a record store. Order it. And the kid is playing a show. And so he literally puts up the show flyer over the Rolling Stones flyer. And he's like, sorry, boys, um, which pretty much sums it up which mm-hmm. is like this idea that like what is the music for the people during this generation, time yeah it's punk yeah and punk was didn't abandon them punk is the thing that's being born here and it's um, funny like the, the the that scene we were talking about we're like this is a, what is where's the rage and stuff and what you were saying like a lot of punk music in the 70s is like this where it's about like teenage stuff and goofy like everyday life stuff where it's yeah. It's interesting that it was just like it's uh, at least in the Belfast scene with these bands that it's focusing on. It really does seem kids who are just mad as hell that they're in this situation and they just want to they just want to have a normal life because that's exactly. what the songs are about. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of it. Yeah, um, it, it's funny how that is, but it, it's like it's uh, punk has always been like political punk kind of came later. Punk has always kind of creeped into politics. I think for this reason where like um they're always the disposable people in society or that's how they considered themselves right Right, so like naturally you start getting political um it's it's the people who are frustrated finding the scene and that's what they're showing here is like he's a frustrated guy he finds the scene um and it and yeah that moment where they go we hate the cops the band does to the cops yeah and he realizes like oh and they start playing the the fucking fuck the cops song yeah um and so that's you know he basically finds this underground punk area and they're they're all lost they don't have any one and he's like well shit you know like this is my people look at all the because they they also inject um in a fun way like the concept of capitalism which is like there's a few ports where like he goes to that bar and he's like can this be the punk club and they're like i don't know and he's like look at how many fucking people you can get you know it's oh it's sort of like it's that realization of like, this is also a lot of wallets. Like this is a lot of people who are willing to pay to have somewhere to be. Um, but they won't pay that much as we learn. Right. Um, yeah. It becomes like, that's what he says to sell uh, Dylan Moran. Right, he's on he's the, using that. Yeah. The, the freaking guy from Shaun of the Dead <laughs> using, yes. his, using his pub. Jonathan and uh, there's a Doctor Who in this. There is a Doctor Who, Jodie Whittaker, yeah. Because he does keep getting shit. Like, he gets a little bit of shit from his dad and from some of his friends because we learn, like, his dad is a socialist and he was sort of raised in a socialist household. So, like, he's getting shit. It's like, we're opening a record store and you're doing all... It's it's a big reason why he gives everything away, basically. Yeah, the part where he's like, Dad, this this capitalist crap. Like, and he's outside heckling his own son's store. By the way, speaking of John of the Dead, you recognize the dad? I That's did. the cop from Hot Fuzz that they oh, can't sweet. understand a word he's saying. I, I, I did, but I couldn't quite place him. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's a very good statement on like cons- how punk starts. And like this guy, this like happy guy finding punk, I've met people like that where they come from these like, they, 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 they don't initially love punk. They just, it's like, oh, they, they, they feel the same thing I feel. I mean, it's, I think a lot of a lot of people who got who get into a scene have a similar experience, right? Where you, yeah. you you find your way in through whatever gateway, like somebody shows you it's a band you like or whatever. It doesn't even necessarily have to be a music scene. It's whatever scene that you discovered that meant something to you, and you walk in however you got there because something piqued your interest, and then you sit there listening. And we get to watch him experience this as he listens to um, Rudy play their one one of their songs. And like we get time. to see him realize, like, oh fuck, these are my people. Like, this is these yeah, are my in people. In real time, it yeah. clicks. Yeah, it clicks. Um, and then he's suddenly like, and they they reprise the "I saw the line" scene. I saw the light. Yeah, saw the light. Sorry, and but with punk, um, and so like it's sort of this idea of like this guy who, yeah, this is like in the first twenty minutes, he just wants life to be normal again. Um, you know, the record store, the very centrist feeling, and then he he can't find his like anybody into music because like, he, he, he realizes you can't inspire anybody that way right 
Um, and so this is like the aha of him finding this moment yeah. and then him becoming basically um, obsessed with it. Also, there's a fucking, what's his name from um, from uh, Game of Thrones? Oh, the yeah, the, store guy? yeah, Sir Davis. Uh, this guy, the Sir main Davis. guy is in um, um, Jesus Game of Thrones, Christ, of too, yeah. They're so fucking. He, he he played he played a real small part. I think he was one of the uh, King's Guard, but yeah, the fucking Davos is the engineer, the surly engineer right. <laughs> recording and these punk musicians. Yeah, it's perfect. And so I think that that's part of this this movie. Like you're talking about the mixed media, it presents itself a little bit as almost a documentary. There's a lot of third person. The part I remember was he's talking about the different people and he's like, these guys, they ended up in Thin Lizzy. These guys ended up in Wings. These guys. And then they just cut to car bomb shots. Yeah, because they got um, murdered. Yeah, which is brutal. Yeah. But it is like, it's. it feels like it's sort of mixed. Mixed like, I, I don't know. It's definitely like a rose-colored glasses look at this guy. At least I assume. Oh, it's 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 um, it's worshipful him, full of him, worshipful. Right, of him. because it's sort of about this idea of like like the first show they play, they show the appearance fee, damages, earnings, negative twenty. Yeah, <laughs> and so they immediately show like this isn't making any money. There is that no first money show, in this. Yeah, that first show is like, oh, I've been to this show. Oh yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> it's like a fucking looks like a church basement. No mm-hmm. one's there. There's like five people in the front. Yeah, it looks like a Fight Club yeah it does um and so like it's it's more i guess it's trying to be more abstract i guess it's it's trying to talk about the movement by Mm -hmm. using this guy who really believed in it um to the point that he clearly ruined himself financially um and they know that again they know uh right the movie it's weird that the movie doesn't follow through yeah, it just i wish they would ask the question a little harder because obviously it's presenting well maybe not obviously but i feel like the movie's presenting look it took a guy because he has a big speech where he just he doesn't really justify what he do what he did he does to an extent but he's explaining why he put their house up for collateral and he says like i just do things i don't think about them i just do them and it's honestly kind of worked out okay for me <laughs> like so I, the movie seems to be making the argument that it took a it takes somebody like this. It takes people like this who have to take big risks, and right, and it doesn't they, always pay. And it's in the big risks are we have to see the consequences of that to understand that, like even seemingly like small things, like we tend to diminish the value of of like music and stuff like this, even though art and and, and expression is incredibly important uh, for you know uh, any number of. Uh, reasons we we've all talked about on on various episodes, but like, I th- I think the um. I, I think the uh, idea there is um, shoot, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> I have some thoughts. I have some cool. thoughts. Um. Oh yeah, one other thing though that I thought a scene that I just flagged as interesting is the part where they get stopped by like the army. And he says, you don't want to know what I think of political parties. And the army guy says, you don't want to know what I think of them either. And they let him go. So they like establish like cops suck, but these guys don't, which was interesting. Like it's, it's very much about political division and like how these kids are just fucking sick of it. It feels like it, it just made me think like we need another punk mo- mo- movement here in America. Like yeah, we yeah. really need uh, an explosion of punk right about now. Well, yeah, it's it, you know it's it's all the the humanity like humanity pushing through the conflict and yeah, it's like this that that those bits were re- weirdly relevant to now as opposed to when this movie came out, um, which is kind of like yeah in this like moment of division like the youth getting fucked over and starting their own movement that's Mm -hmm. just like fuck all of this you know yeah yeah um but what i wanted to talk about so going back to him like i think this is where the movie bothered me so i think the movie was trying to do a specific arc because it's a movie movies like to make arcs and stuff yeah but i don't trying to tell a story after all i think they needed to like I don't know what it was. Maybe it's because they didn't want to change it too much, but what happens doesn't fit the arc. And what I mean by that is, so they do this sort of rise where there's this part where he's being called the godfather of Belfast punk, I believe. And -hmm. he gets to be put in this magazine and he has the like the dark third act moment, which is like, he, so he misses his, um, 
This is his kid's birth, yeah. And he this is he so he sells the undertones song for five hundred quid. So you you know he's not doing it for the money. And this is the problem is he's doing it for the greatness. That's the idea, right? Yeah. And so what what happens lays that out for him. He is accused of this by his partner. Yes, he's doing it for ego, mm-hmm. and it's represented by this magazine cover, this one magazine cover, because when the, his darkest moment, so he gets beat up by uh, a couple skinheads in his own, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Nazi skinheads in his record store, and they frame it so that they're kicking the crap out of him, and that magazine cover is right in between, right? Them, it's all taunting him, pe- right? Everybody who he said he's he, nobody has his back in this scene. Right, and it's it, the the line is you take on too much because you love the glory. Um, and um, like they show a few, like he misses the birth um, and then they cut to 1980, which is like a few years later. And they show that like, he's just alone in a bar <laughs> um, and he calls her while drunk, but he doesn't, he can't like pay for the call. The call seems to be like, yeah, it, it asks for more money. Yeah. So it, you get this feeling of like, this guy had this one shot with, um, because the other reason when he sells, uh, the undertone song and he's like you know what rudy's gonna be twice as good you know and then it's clear like he doesn't have he's, the same success well he screws it up he doesn't he gets them on tv yes. but he doesn't he fucks up because he's enjoying partying and stuff so much that he neglects to actually get the record singles pressed and produced in times to go on sale for when the band's on tv so they go on tv and then they have no single to sell the following right. day so so he's not a, a good waste. manager it was a waste yeah and he sort of missed this big shot and it and the the we know the house is on the line and so you don't think of it even like like it doesn't have to be about the money it's about the fact that it's someone else's right life. he's risking other he's risking his he's mortgaging his, basically his wife and his child's future without even consulting them on it right and he's doing it in so, pursuit of he's doing it in pursuit of a thing bigger than himself but he's also doing it in pursuit of his own self-aggrandizement like his own glory exactly so they have this moment where he says like uh, you know no more of that and what it means is after the nazi is like his his low point basically it's an act of faith he he books this giant um venue and he's like they will show up you know they will show up he pulls down the magazine the cover so that shows that he's like no more of my ego it's no longer about me right Mm-hmm. Uh, um, it's bigger than me. It's bigger than all of us. Um, and he makes this big act of faith. It's and so, I guess this is this is what's hard to reconcile. Is this if this was Empire Records, mm-hmm. um, which has a similar kind of vibe, right? Is like right. we got to save the record store. The Hollywood ending is to have your cake and eat it too, right? Is like he throws this big thing, and I I do like the idea that in the final moment, like we're doing a fundraiser, and then he just lets everybody in for free because they do the like they will come moment where it's like everybody showed up to help, you know, and he lets all these fucking piece of shit punks in for free. Mm. The Hollywood thing they would do then is they all like donate, right? And they're like they saved us, uh, you know. Um, but they're right. Punks wouldn't do that shit. They'll steal the donation jar. Yeah. Dirt bags. Yeah. Um, and so they do the grounded thing, which also, is... Also, you're playing for people who don't have any money. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so they do the grounded thing. The thing that we, was kind of in the commitments and once, which is like, it's about this moment of time. It's mm-hmm. about the music. About one moment. It's about bringing yeah. people together. Um, and Doing so they one, do one that. One great thing that exists forever in time. Yeah. Right. But they have set up this very Hollywood expectation, which is like, it's going to save him somehow. And it doesn't. Nope. And if it was just one guy, if his family wasn't involved, I think it would be an easier pill to swallow um, as like, Oh, he's ruined, but he did this one amazing thing. And he was his own reckoning. He did it all himself. But the fact that he has a wife and kid the whole time, and they're like, please, we need money. You sold the house. And then at the end, they're like, eh, it's all right. That's the part that's like really hard pill to swallow. It's tough. Swallow. Yeah. And it's, it's hard because what do you do with that? Do you have her go, we're ruined and leave crying? Because that sucks. Um, so you either have to do the work to make her, you feel like she also is like, fuck them. Like you need, we either never... need her to have that energy. Yeah. Yeah. Or you need to give her money, even if that's not what really happened. You need to have the magic ending, right? Where everything's okay. If you um, want to, yeah, if you want to just not 
if you want to let the character off the hook like this. <laughs> yes, which I would argue in this situation, you, you, I would accept either of those. One of them obviously is a little cheap, but it's like you're telling a story. Like it, it felt like it was all leading to this thing where in the first act he puts the house on collateral. Like, I don't know. There just needed to be some kind of like, it almost felt too real while not making him out to be the villain. Right. It wasn't. Yeah. It, it, it was realistic, but it didn't actually put any of the consequence onto him. So it was like, well, then why was it realistic? Right. Yeah. Why did this, why was this such a magical film about the, the power of music uh, yeah. and then it's like and he ruined his family at the end but that's not that's fine it's fine we're gonna sing sunny bono which i was also like that's weird, that's um, a weird but that's a weird i pick. get it because they're young like they're young punks in the 70s like that's you know like it was, well i mean it was weird kicks. that it wasn't i saw the light because hank williams shows up to him again at the end in another vision because right. it's another moment where he's seeing the light <laughs> i interpreted it as like you know, Sonny bon- Bono is more like 60s hippie shit. Uh, it, well, and it's, it's sort a, of about passing on the torch in a weird way. Because he's of two generations, yeah, right? His he's, character. He's in between two generations, yeah. Yeah, he's not a, really a punk. Like, he, he's, he's no, just a... yeah. He wasn't into it uh, in the music at the beginning of the film. Right. Also, I mean, it, this is a real show. that That's probably what they actually played. So. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I assume. But that's also part of like Teenage Kicks. That song feels like a throwback to the fifties. The way the Misfits kind of is too. And yeah. it's like you forget like that's their eighties. So it's like, uh, yeah, of course, of course they're doing that shit because that was their eighties. The fifties. Yeah, I mean, it's one of like, the first lines in that song is um, well, not that. What is it that? I think it was born in fifty nine. Like it's like that, the so one of the songs. Yeah, one of the songs. The the first lyric is born talking about they're born in the fifties. Right, you forget that. Yeah. They haven't mentioned that at one point they say like what's like a Catholics and pot Protestants doing in the same band? And it's just like funny to me that a punk band had that distinction <laughs> to begin with. Um but it's uh but they do the thing where they they're always at their mom's house, which I noticed is that that's a thread with all the movies we've watched from this um the Irish music is that they all live with their parents and it's different eras and i'm not saying that's not a problem now too but that just pinged me as like a common thread oh i just think it's common uh, especially in older generations in europe i mean i I I seem to to remember that a couple of generations of family living in the same house i think it's not unusual yeah i thought it was vaguely cultural plus it's always to establish how dirt poor the characters are right so i think it's just it's cultural plus that Plus, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. letting us know that they don't make much money. Right. Um, it's narrative efficiency. Narrative efficiency, which this movie is filled with, which is why I was like surprised um, that they don't stick the landing as well with this character. It's a, yeah, it's a, it, it left me... F- <sighs> yeah, it left me not sure how I f- feel about the character, which is totally fine. It's totally a valid takeaway to have from a movie like this because... Sometimes people are like that because life isn't black and white. So some very often you come away from something being like, I'm not sure how I feel about this guy. Um, but it's like the movie, I don't, that ending really like to have both the characters, like his wife and his business partner, like almost one right after the other come up and completely absolve him of the legitimate egregious wrong they'd brought to his attention in their previous yeah. scenes with him. So it was like, why, other people. why even bring it up? <laughs> like, like, why even put it in the film? So, uh, like, yeah, I don't know. It just going, it left it left a weirdly bad taste in my mouth. Where it was like, hey, it feels like you guys are really too worshipful of your right subject. I here. don't know if that's what really happened or what, but like it, it's so the pattern again. Like, you look at uh, the commitments, and, and actually, and once they both are bittersweet, right? Where it's like the commitments, the band is like they're at each other's throats. There, there's jerks, you know, like the guy keeps sleeping with all the young women. Yeah. Um, and that movie just sort of ends because the whole point is like, it's about these, this moment of time, the music, what this brought together. It's bigger than these people. The people are imperfect, right? And it doesn't feel the need to absolve them. Once is similar where it's sort of like it ends, again, bittersweet, where it's like you don't get the thing you wanted. 
Um, but it, it, they, in this glorious moment, they made this album that's always, it's forever. It'll mm-hmm. never go away. Um, this is trying to do that too, but it just, by doubling that up, by being like, like, I, I think they could have just, it's, I'm, I'm really trying to navigate it now in my well, head. It feels like they don't do like, enough to emphasize the importance of what it is he's doing, I feel. Plus, like, it's hard because all right, he loses the house. If his wife again ended by being like sobbing, then I'm like, well, I don't feel good about yeah, that's that. Not a good way to end a movie. Yeah. If it was trying to be about the moment, um, it's almost like he would have been better as the villain of the story. Yeah, I, I think it all comes back to. I don't think it does a good enough job establishing why he's heroic and why what he did is important. Like we get a bit of it. Like we see a little bit of it. Like, Oh, this is a new generation. It's they disenfranchised. This is giving them some sort of power and agency. It's making people feel good again. Like I get, but I feel like the movie doesn't really hit it hard enough. So like at the end, like the concert is supposed to, is supposed to be the, the emotional, finale right that's the climax uh, it's this that's the huge win but it doesn't feel think, like that yeah i think the problem uh, one of the big problems is like unless you're me like these bands aren't particularly like well known and so oh, no yeah and so like like i said i didn't know most of them yeah it's it's tough man because i i do think it doesn't matter right it doesn't have to be well known if it's no, just no, celebrating no, no. the music and the in the moment of that and bring these people together but you're right in that it's like it's it 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 really tries to wrap it up in a bow nicely while while never showing it kind of reminds me of the cbgb movie um where the guy who runs cbgb is like yeah he has a story to tell but ultimately it's the bands that went through that place like he didn't make or break those bands um like that movie is one of those movies that's kind of much like the movies we've been doing where it's like, it's kind of boring unless you like the bands and I like the bands. So it was fun watching people do covers of fucking yeah. talking heads and, and <laughs> watching Rupert Grint play cheetah Chrome cheetah and shit Chrome, like that. Yeah. yeah, that was fun, but it's not a particularly like incredible story. And ne- again, neither are the, the movies we've watched in the series. Um, I think the other movies just did a better job at kind of facing that fact of being like, listen, this isn't a huge historical event. It doesn't change the world. But for one beautiful moment, these people got together um, and it cost this one guy everything. But the problem that, yeah, the little thing that the thing that we can't like get over is it's like it cost him everything and also his wife <laughs> and his friend everything. Yeah. And they didn't want that. So like, it's messy. It's incredibly messy. And it ultimately when I, like the more I think about this, the more I'm like, maybe he shouldn't have been the main character then. Um, because, or I think this movie shouldn't have tried to find that sort of closure that they're trying to find. Yeah. It's hard. Cause he's depicted as just like this generally happy, dumb guy. And you never feel like I, I didn't love this guy from the start. No. He's making dumb decisions. That's sort of the point. He never, he never comes off as completely likable either to I, me. Anyway. Yeah. I think maybe we needed like, like uh, maybe needed his internal monologue to be more like, because his internal monologue is like, you feel like you're supposed to be on his side. Like, that's what it is. It's like, I don't mind a flawed protagonist. Um, and the idea is he's just trying to get this one glorious moment for him himself and he gets it and it costs everything. And you get to go out of it wondering like, was it really worth it? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. For him yeah for that guy specifically but they didn't really do that either Um, no it seems like the movie is preoccupied with sort of almost covering up his flaws even though they're very obvious so it can't cover them up but it still seems like it's trying to it yes it weirdly seems like it's trying to and so like that's it's 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 really like uh, i'm having trouble figuring out what to do about it because it's a it's a very odd movie it's a very odd character yeah i Um, think i don't know i think the decision to to structure the story the way it is maybe so so it, it's it's engineered to have this concert be the end point but it isn't really uh we get a lot of text on the on the screen at the end i loved i loved the the text because it basically is like it 
it closed, uh, good vibration then closes, then, then open, yeah. it closed, then reopened. That was and good. That, that was good. That sums up this guy. And I think what it is is it. But they also had the statistics about the troubles, and then it goes into how many times the stores open and closed, and then it goes into a quote from Joe Strummer about the importance of that show. Um, right. And then the credits roll. So we get a lot of text on screen giving us additional context to try to make us understand why this concert was such a big deal. But it's like, boy, I feel like you should have built that into the movie, maybe. Yeah, I think... No, no. It's, it's, it's a weak ending. It's, it just does It kind of just... It's a weak it's ending weird. because... It's weird. So I guess if they... It felt like they didn't fully commit to the messiness. Because mm-hmm. that ending text was great because it shows like the messiness. That it's like he never really got his life together. No. It's, it's this constant fucking struggle. Um, he never... Good, good vibrations never really did anything... Um, great it just opened and closed and opened and closed and like they never got yeah, another never big a record deal hit. yeah and so like that's fine but they also were trying to make the moment it, it's the vibes like the vibes of the moment they wanted it to feel very clean at the same time and they couldn't really decide on the two so like go, like it's just i don't think it accomplished the same things that the last two movies of our little series accomplished it, I, I suspect if you're not into punk, this movie doesn't have much to offer you. Because like, I think it got a lot of extra points because I like the undertones a lot. Um, and I like the soundtrack. You know, it, well, and I don't, sort I don't of know like, much about this period and I don't know much about the history of The Troubles. So I'm always, like, I'm always interested to learn more about cultural flashpoints and stuff that I don't know anything about. So the movie was interesting from that standpoint. For sure. But like the commitments, I had this problem where I didn't care about the music and that. So I was <laughs> like, <laughs> they're playing old, like, cause they were playing old, like, like Motown standards too. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Um, which and isn't it was bad like, music. It's just not my favorite. Yeah. And if it was my favorite, I bet I'd love that movie. Cause it's just watching people do those songs. Yeah. yeah. And so like and that, like any time I mean, they, about that movie, it wasn't bad. Yeah. Any time they fucking cut to abandon this playing a song, I'm just like, ah, I love it. This is great. Um, and so, like, if I didn't have that, I think I would just be a lot more bored watching this. And I would be that, I would feel that ending a lot more as being kind of bullshit. And it was. It was bullshit. Yeah. I um, mean, it's just, I guess it's just, revise what I said earlier. I guess it's, it's harder to get behind a fictitious band playing cover songs. Uh, as opposed to these are all supposed to be the real bands, um, you know. Yeah. And then in once where they're like, that's it. It's a fictitious band, but they're writing actual music, like that they're writing, you know, yeah. original music. So it's it's again, it's the about original. The, the music. original music, I think, has to and how much you enjoy it, obviously, has a lot to do. Yeah, with I it. like the music in once, and I like the music in this, um, and I just think music, music I, movies. Yeah, yeah I mean, I like the music live in the and die by that. Too right. It's just that it was less engaging to me in terms of the story of the band because it's not their music; it's all covers. Yes, if that makes sense. Anyway, and it's also well. All right, it's it's a few things because it's like all right. If I don't care about the music, the story needs to be spectacular. And the thing about the commitments was the story is is on purpose, on purpose, kind of mundane, very. Yeah, because they're like it's about the music, right? Yeah, it's about the music, and I was like, well, one show that was it. Yeah. And since it's about the music and I don't like the music, I'm like, well, I'm not, you know, not into it. With I'm punk, I'm a little more, yeah, I'm just, it's just simply more sympathetic. And that's a lot of punk, punk um, uh, movies. It's, this is a weird comparison. But I think music movies are a lot like religious movies in that their first, their first uh, duty isn't to tell a story. They don't care as much about that. They're, they're beholden to, we want to show you this music, right? Yeah. So we're going to stop everything and we're going to play this song. Um, we're, like the same way religious movies are like, we're not telling a story, we're trying to tell you a moral. Um, and that tends to make the stories worse. And it, then if you don't like the thing they're offering, the music or I guess the morals, then you don't get fucking anything out of it. Um, so I think that's just kind of how all these movies work regardless of what the music is. So like, again, that CBGB's movie, I believe is pretty fucking nothing unless you like the music and the same with this, like ultimately 
I don't think there's that much of a story here, right? Not really. It's pretty. It, it's pretty vague about the events too. Um, yeah. It's. I mean, obviously, it's a. It's an Irish film. Um, so it, it's it. It's made for an audience that doesn't need uh, to be brought up to speed on oh, what yeah. happened. <laughs> there's a fuck ton of drama around the movie, around yeah. what's happening. Yeah. Um, but it's uh, and it, it's like just a lot more vibes. I think like it. It, mm-hmm. it reminded me a lot of when I went to London. So it's about a movement. Festivals. It's about a movement, literally. Yeah. So. Yeah, and so it's kind of a you had to be there feeling mm-hmm. of the whole thing. Um, it's you had to it, be there in the movie. Of, in point of fact. Right. It's kind of like like when they do this shit for the 70s, it really pisses me off because I'm like, I don't care about this at all. When it's like, look at the hippie movement. I'm like, ah, look at these dirtbags. I don't care. Mm-mm. I don't care about your music or your movement. So it's like you really have to be committed to it. You have to meet the movie halfway more. And I, I don't think that's a fault of the movie. I think that's the point of the movie. Yeah. In a lot of ways. Um, so like... I don't know. This had that to offer me, but yeah, I still like, I can't get over the, the, the arc of the main character. It's because it's so focused on him. Yeah. From beginning to end. Oh, it's not baffling. That's the wrong word. It's just, it kind of is. No, it's kind of baffling because narratively it's very confusing because it wants you to, it calls attention to these things. Yes. And then it just sort of absolves them of it. Yeah. When, when the movie does the, it's the thing where when the movie needs that part where he's like big city man, wearing his glasses, being an asshole, throwing things. It's not that his, his, his assholeness his like it doesn't ramp up and then his big aha i learned my lesson doesn't happen really he he pulls down that magazine cover and i was like when he did that i was like i don't feel like the magazine cover is his problem that's not his problem like his problem isn't really his ego it's the fact that he won't take care of himself and others financially it's his insistent like money isn't everything and it's like it is he's, when you put your house on the line he's complete he's utterly impulsive yes and he's not thinking ahead that's yeah. his problem yeah that's what his arc needs to be is his ability to then say i'm gonna actually make a good decision for my family that's the arc they're setting up and then they throw it out the window which is a, a perfectly fine idea but then they have to show consequences you know yeah, it, like, and yeah. it has to almost be funnier in a way because they have to recognize like we were setting up this guy's arc and then we threw it out the window on purpose. <laughs> like that's what they're doing, right? Like that. I'm that's, not sure. I'm genuinely not sure. I, right, I, that's the problem. It it felt almost like well, we can't not point this out, but we also don't want to explore it, so we'll point it out, but we'll immediately absolve him. Yeah, it, they it felt almost they like it was included out of obligation. Right, they should have leaned into it, I yeah, guess. Yeah, or like I maybe it was so, like, this makes him a more three-dimensional character, but it doesn't actually if you don't, you know, anyway. A good example is actually, weirdly enough, Slapshot. Um, very <laughs> dated movie. But the point of Slapshot, um, Dave, you think, I, you've, this isn't. I just wanted to say real quick, it's not the first time you've brought up Slapshot, and I want to say that I feel like every time you bring up Slapshot, we're never talking about a hockey movie. We're not. It's not really a hockey movie. I know. It's just interesting. <laughs> That's the point. That's why Slapshot, because Slapshot is about, for people who don't know, a hockey team that realizes that they make, they get more butts in the seat by just being violent and not following the rules and just being terrible and just starting fights, right? And it builds up to this idea where you think the arc is going to be that they learn to actually play as a team and not be violent anymore. And they build up to that and then they throw it out the window and they're like, nah, we're going to be violent still. And that's like the joke, right? The joke of Slapshot is like, yeah. they don't learn that. But in order to do that, like the, the characters, <laughs> sorry, I'm just thinking of another sports where the joke of bad news bears is that they lose anyway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's throwing out your, 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 understanding of what a, an arc even if your brain or even if you don't realize that's what's happening your brain knows that movies are structured a certain way and it throws it out but it makes up for it by be, gi- giving the individual characters their own arcs within that right you yeah, can, no, you can generally expectation get away is, is a good thing to do yeah you can generally yes and you can generally get away with it by giving people some sort of dots to connect in their brain to satisfy them 
where it's like, okay, they didn't do the big thing that you'd expect, but these characters still learned a lesson, you know? You still need that, like, endorphin satisfying, like, oh, this person got a thing they wanted. Right. This movie doesn't do that. No. It tries to do the thing where it throws it out at the last minute, but everything's, there's no, like, additional arcs for the characters, and so the character just plows through not remember, like not learning it, and then they're like, "And it's happy, right?" And it's like, "No, you didn't. You didn't click that part of my brain that satisfies me." Where like, yeah, you told you had, told me that he needed to learn a lesson, and then he didn't learn it. <laughs> right, and if you had if you had them throw it out at the end while he still learned some sort of lesson, or you know, like they still did something to show that he learned a lesson it would have worked they just didn't quite do that and so it, it does fall flat at the end for that reason it has no arc it has no arc i think that's it we've been dancing around it yeah. but it has no character arc yeah i think we nailed it dave i think we got there jesus took us long enough <laughs> um but i like the music i like you know stiff little fingers i like yeah. fucking buzzcocks i saw it's, i it's saw like one cool, of their last fun shows movie. yeah it's Oh, you did? That's cool. I think so. They played L.A. And the lead singer died not too long after, which is sad. But, you know, you know yeah. it happens. Time, punk man. Bands. Time. Mm. It's honestly surprising when they last long with punk. But yeah. <laughs> I looked up this guy and I'm like, oh, he's still alive. <laughs> he is. Right. Yeah, he's in his 70s. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, uh, you know, if you like punk, this is... Uh, this will sneak up on you. It's a fun little uh, punk it's, music. It's pretty, if you yeah, like, it's, it's it's mostly cool. It, partic- if if you're yeah, if you're into punk music, uh, especially this era, yeah. or even if, if you you're like not, Game even if you just like going to like shows, yeah, 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 yeah. If you're into Game of Thrones, Game of Thrones, Edgar Wright actors, it's yeah. got a yep. few of those. Yep. If you're into um, Irish brogues, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah a lot there's of those. something for everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Uh, all all right. right, that's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> Mickey for Therapy 2023. Thank you. I uh, hope you get it. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, I'm glad I watched this movie. I had fun watching it. Um, and uh, this was through our Patreon. Patreon.com slash Gamefully Unemployed. G-A-M-E-F-U-L-L-Y. Unemployed. Uh, you go on there for $5 a month. You get access to exclusive podcasts like Tom and Jeff Watch Batman, Fox Muller's Maniac, Star Trek The Next Futurama, Spielboys. Yeah. Um, and we watch movies every Friday night with our patrons, and we do custom podcasts like the one you are listening to. Check it out. Why don't you now? And yeah. enjoy your new year. Enjoy the new year. Um, yeah. We also have a store. Head over to GameFlateEmployee.com. You can find a link to our Teespring store where we have all kinds of cool original artwork and designs you can get on t-shirts, mugs, stickers, posters, all sorts of things. Check it out. Slap those 2024 peepers onto that. Yeah. Anything you want to say? It's This is the last podcast before 2024 Just that we're the, putting last out. last podcast, period. This is it. This is the last This is one. it. We all decided. Last podcast ever last made. Last podcast before. ever. <laughs> Y2K is going to hit us finally. At long last, man. 2024. Mm. Just That's hit what me right Y2K, in the face yeah. like the Independence Day laser. Mm-hmm. Oh God, yeah, bring it on. Mm-hmm. Doesn't uh, Y2K sounds great? It does. Everything this computer shut off, I'd be like, thank fucking God. Yeah, I'll go work at a library. Jesus, yeah, I'll just go outside and lay down on the grass. Yeah, I'll make a zine. No, well, yeah, dude, we should make a zine. We should all zine make a zine. Twenty twenty four, Dave. Yeah, zines are back, baby. You're joking. We're gonna make a zine next year. It's gonna happen. 